Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Batman. To my Superman, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, uh, why did you say that name, though? And our very own Aquaman, yeah. it's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, my man! My man! Taking off my shirt. Look at my contact lenses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so we've got... Um, uh, action-packed show for you today let's let's start it off with the super bowl though so the super bowl happens uh tom brady gets number seven uh basically re- rests the title of the goat from uh patrick mahomes forever patrick mahomes cannot be the goat now it's basically impossible uh and i you know what i'm fine with it, it he was already probably the gr- going to be considered the greatest football player of all time why not just uh put a bow on it it was it was good it made me more salty that i had bet a significant amount of money on Tampa Bay to win the division at the beginning of the season at plus 285 <laughs> and 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 like oh why didn't I just throw like 30, 50 bucks on them to win the league I would be having money right <laughs> right now but uh but uh you know what good for them uh I I think it is it was a it was a nice slap in the face to the Drew Brees Saints who have tried the old quarterback with a loaded roster thing for many many years in a row and failed yeah, so that made me happy as well. Uh, what 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 was your guys' favorite part of the the Super Bowl this year? Uh, for me, I the game was secondary. It was kind of a stinker game. Uh, I preferred the commercials that weren't for Paramount. By the way, after the podcast, stick around for a new episode of Young Kevin. It's uh, it's just like regular Kevin, but younger. <laughs> uh, yeah, those those commercials were bothering me. It was just like, man. This, Ugh, but uh, otherwise, what was, what, was it, what was the best commercial for you? I'm not gonna lie, I didn't I didn't watch the commercial super close this year because I was cooking dinner during the game and not paying like extra extra close attention. You know, I was like on. You didn't miss much of a game, so you're fine. But but I mean, one team was getting destroyed, so I was like just kind of half watching. Yeah, uh, the the good field goals though. Uh, yeah, probably the Will Ferrell commercial uh, with the electric yes, car. Yes, where he, when he punches through the glo- top of the yes, globe, I love that. That probably yeah. was my favorite. We're, we're going to Norway. We're going to Norway. This is yeah. Uh, I'm. Re- I love. I'm. I'm going to try to buy an electric vehicle in the next year or so. So I was kind of like, oh yeah, this is cool. I'm into it. So yeah, Kevin, what about you? What was a what was a highlight for you? Uh, probably in the third quarter when I turned it off. Yeah, you were just like, <laughs> oh, the game's over now. I don't have to watch the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, it, like I had like a good hour to just relax and not even think about it. It was pretty like, nice. I got I cleared my slate so I could get so I could get some so I could watch this game and now I don't even have to watch the game I can just do whatever I want. Yeah, it was even better. Yeah, I I I was like it's always sad when you're like a true neutral like I was for that game because I had reasons to root for both teams. You know, I like most of the players on Tampa Bay that aren't Tom Brady uh and I I like Andy Reid. So I had reasons to like be, you know, on both sides of it. So I'm mostly I'm just rooting for a good game, right? And then we got not, was not we got game. that yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it was and it was bad in like every conceivable way like Kansas City did not play well Tampa didn't play even that well they just played comparatively really well Kansas City terrible on third down I think Mahomes well got had like what eight or nine straight incompletions which is absurd for him it was just, just not entertaining injured his foot well. his uh, his offensive line was dead uh, the whole thing with Andrew Reid's was all right. Halftime yeah, show week- was fun, yeah. We- weekend was solid, and it gave us like an all-time great uh, gift to use with the with him like walking around, looking looking around, you know, in that like hall of mirrors or whatever. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the gonna... uh, if you're gonna have a bunch of people wear masks, good excuse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because and he's doing he's been doing that thing right where yeah. he, like you cover your whole face because he's uh, weekend is like a the ultimate 
come uh, coming come up story right like he started out he was too nervous to be on stage and he like couldn't even be a singer and now he's doing the super bowl halftime show like it's really a rags to riches story. I love it. The weekend is, and honestly, pretty good music too. I'm mean, really quite music, enjoyable. Yeah. It's quite enjoyable. The only thing that sucked about the halftime show is, if it was in a normal year, he could have had some great guests hit the stage with him because mm-hmm. he's had he's had some awesome artists do 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 songs with him and like like he could have had Daft Punk come out for Starboy, you know, and like do like a little mini thing with him, or he could have had Ariana Grande come out. And like he, there's all these options he has to to collaborate with these artists, and and then said because of COVID, it's just like it's just the weekend, and and he was great, but you know that's kind of what makes the Super Bowl halftime show uh, special is the surprises, right? Yeah. So so uh, yeah. But yeah, oh, well. it kind of kind of sucked time. to have that Super Bowl with the uh, the stuff going on with Andy Reid's kid. It just if I don't know why I thought Kansas City had a chance. Looking back at it, it's just crazy. All right, let's get let's get into it. So this is a good transition because we talked about how bad Kansas City's offensive line was, and it became kind of a meme on Twitter, right? As uh, wow, wow, look how how much how much do we feel about like how good Russell is? Russell Wilson is because this is exactly what he has to go through every single week. And it became kind of a, a Twitter joke, you know, to compare Russell Wilson to uh, to Patrick Mahomes. And uh, and apparently uh, that uh, she used the uh, the last dance Michael Jordan meme. Uh, he took that personally because <laughs> yeah, Jason LaConfora comes out on Twitter. He says, I'm hearing Russell Wilson's camp has grown increasingly frustrated by the Seahawks inability to protect the eight time pro bowler. He has been sacked 394 times in nine seasons. This situation warrants serious monitoring. Okay, so that's the first tweet. When that tweet drops, it's February 8th, so that's two days ago. How do you how do you feel? How do you feel when that just the first tweet drops? Uh, I, I feel <laughs> go, I, ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead, Eric. You go I was gonna say I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I uh, of course let's it's the offseason, the Seahawks are disappointing. Let's just let's let's give us something to think about that isn't real. And, but that was that was then. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lockhoff, I think I think Jason Lockhoff for is a hack. That's what I. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Think. It's hacky journalism to just be like, oh, someone in his camp. So like they're not even specifying who. Well, who who said it? It's it's like Russell Wilson's second cousin. You know, it's 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 such a, a it's vague booking to the max. His golden right? Kate. I was gonna say it felt like a nothing story at the time. It was like, yeah. uh, it felt like uh, Lockhoff for a check stats. And was like, oh, well, this is a plausible thing someone could have said. And then we're in a story. Yeah, it's I well, and like you looked at like um, Russ is in the crowd in the Super Bowl. They showed him, right? He's the Walter Payton man of the year. So he's got that like we got that big positive story. Good for him. That's awesome. It's really cool to hear him like, you know, talking about uh, his his charitable work this last week. And then they show him in the crowd and he he looks like he looks like he's like a guy having like a flashback in the in the crowd at the Super Bowl. Right. He just looks um he looks so uh, like he looks just, empathetic to the situation. Yeah, like like oh man, this is like me, right? And so maybe maybe he does say something like, "Man, I get sacked a lot and it sucks." And then that turns into this whole big story. But then it doesn't die, right? Russell Wilson goes on Dan Patrick's show, and on the Dan Patrick show, um, Dan Patrick tries to lead him into a into questions about it. As he does. He fishes. He he gets out the fishing pole. He gets a uh, gets out the the nice lure, the bait. He throws it out there, and you know Russ gives the standard Russ buy answers. That's a Seahawks choice, not a me choice. Um, I want to play. In, I think I'll play in Seattle forever, but things can change along the way. You know, he's those generic 
uh, sports answers, but man, the fact that he didn't definitively shut Dan Patrick down just sets off uh, another mini uh, mini blaze, right? Uh, a firestorm, if you will. Yeah, he's and then he does say something like, "I've been sacked almost four hundred times, so we got to get better." And, but then he follows it up, "I've got to find ways to get better too." A, an acknowledgement that sack a lot of his sacks are his fault, and I think he does know that. Like he's aware that man, I I could get sacked less if I went through my progressions faster, if I didn't uh, try to do a three sixty no scope out of every sack attempt. If, if I, I threw the ball away sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like. Watch Aaron Rodgers tape if you want to get sacked less. It's not. It's not. So then, then Dan Patrick, Brandon, Brandon Marshall, a Seahawks legend, Brandon Marshall, <laughs> <laughs> comes out and uh, he. I'm going to give some quotes from uh, from the clip here. Brandon Marshall says Russell Wilson is beyond frustrated. I think Russell's figuring out how to move on from the Seahawks in a classy way. That's what I truly believe. This I don't think. Go ahead. Says, sorry. I don't think they believe in Russ. Well, actually, I know they don't believe in Russ because I was there every day before practice. I would sit there with the quarterbacks, with Coach Shoddy and Russell Wilson, and we would talk shop. There's just a huge philosophical difference there in Seattle. And then finally, I think Russ wants to stay there, but he knows Pete Carroll is going to give him the runaround. All right, what do you? Uh, what do you want to? What do you want? What are you thinking right here? What 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 are you thinking, Eric? At this point, that no. first line from Brandon Marshall got. I've never been scared of any Russell Wilson leaving rumor that until he said that, and I was like, this I can this some this is somewhat believable to me. The last the second part about it about you know Pete Carroll is going to give him the runaround and he was there he saw it. I don't really know how much of that's true. Brandon Marshall was not like this integral part of the team. He wasn't with them for a long time. Shoddy and Russ had this really great relationship. So I'm kind of, I'm not really sure what to think there, but I do think that there's at least a little smoke brewing here. And, uh, the Bible study, Eric, that's <laughs> sorry. That's here's the thing though about Russ is he's always so positive and you just said it. He did not shut Dan Patrick down in the past. He like went on the tonight show to shut everyone down. And now this time he's like, which is very un-Russell Wilson-like. Yeah, here's the thing, though, is that for me, I other quarterbacks do stuff like this. Aaron Rodgers uses the media to flex his muscles and get Green Bay to do things, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this is the tape of Aaron Rodgers that Russell Wilson is actually watching. Russell Wilson knows that the press is a tool he can use to get them to push more chips onto the table. And we're going to talk about this in a minute, but the Seahawks do have the ability to to get some more chips onto the table for this team and, and make a real push for, for a Super Bowl. And they also have the opportunity to kind of punt this year and just go 10 and 6 again and hope that's good enough to win the division and, and then move on to to the following year that that's also something they could do and it's not super unreasonable and russ doesn't want to do that russ russ is wants to reopen the championship window he wants to put put and he's using the media to put that pressure the pressure is not to get him out of town the pressure is to get guys in here that will help him win football games and that's a big difference for me uh for from what for what i think compared to what other people think He's flexing. He's flexing 100%, but he's flexing for a different reason than I think people expect. And players don't have a ton of leverage. You know, there's there's only a, so many ways he can leverage what he wants. And he got, apparently, from the reports we've heard, he got what he wanted in the OC search, right? Yeah, supposedly. Like Shane Waldron is his guy. And so 
I think that that's what he's doing is he's flexing like, hey, I want influence. I want to be part of the decisions. When Patrick Mahomes hints that when we draft, I have a little bit of influence on that. When guys like Aaron Rodgers uh, flex their influence, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Tom Brady got every free agent he wanted this offseason, right? Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Leonard Fournette. Those guys are all now on the on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they're the champs. And he sees that and he thinks that could have been me. I could have had Rob Gronkowski um antonio brown and leonard fournette if these guys really believed in me and so he's flexing but it's not the way you think um what do you think kevin what, what are your thoughts on this yeah i think you pretty much covered it like that's the thing is last off season he said hey we need more superstars hey i think we should have more of a quick game on the offense um you know i, I want to use that quick passing attack and that was his way of sowing those seeds to get something to happen and what happened we Threw the ball more. We used more quick game to start the season, and we did not sign any. Su- we did not sign any superstars though. And we went out I and mean, traded for one. We traded for Jamal, but like superstars that helped Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson wants a weapon, and we got Greg Olson. That was our splashy tight end signing, and there were guys that went for cheaper per year than Greg Olson that would have helped Russell Wilson this season a lot, uh, a lot, a lot. We could, that were cheaper and. Well, better than Greg Olson, right? So like our splashy make us happy signing was a total bust last year. Thousand mm, thousand percent bust? Greg Olson? <laughs> what percentage would you give uh, Greg Olson as a bust last season? Well there are one hundred percent. So I would give all of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do you think he'll be as an announcer though, Kevin? Oh pretty good. I think he'll be pretty solid. Just just the same. A hundred percent. Uh he will be a better announcer than he was Seahawks tight end. I had hope. <laughs> That's a low bar you're setting for. My, I was like, kept Have hoping. Have you seen like, most announcers? I would still put them ahead of half the pack. I mean, full, fullback. Uh, I wanted him to get some fullback snaps too because he had so many in his career. I was like, yeah, this guy can play like some flexible H back fullback role. But we didn't even we ended up hardly using a fullback at all last year. All right, so we've we talked a little bit about this. But so how do the Seahawks actually get better? Well, we've kind of covered this over the last couple weeks. <laughs> Um, but we're going to go over now some individual players that could restructure their contracts and, uh, and and make some room for the for the Seattle Seahawks. Because I think what a lot of people don't understand is that the salary cap is kind of a, a mirage. Uh, you can kick the can down the road. You can make it a problem for later. Uh, you can you can do a lot of creative things to, to make the cap work for you as opposed to, uh, you know, what it is. Now, you can op- reopen your window by just kind of make doing a bunch of little tricks with the salary cap. That's why I, when we did our little, our little roster building game, which will re reignite closer to free agency and draft time. Uh, you guys, I gave you guys one free $5 million player at the end, right? Because you can just invent 10 million in cap space. No problem. Right. Yeah. It's just something that teams are able to do. So some of the guys that Seahawks could trade or restructure to create cap room. So um, the big, biggest one, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett's due to make um, about $15 million next year. He's the third highest paid player on the roster as it stands now. Uh, we can save a lot because he's only guaranteed $2.25 million coming into next year. So you can create this like win-win situation with Tyler where you restructure him, you give him some guarantees, you, you lengthen out the deal. Um, now you're only paying him 10 or $11 million this year, maybe even less, you know, depending on how you structure the deal. Because like I said, you can kick the can way down the road and you can keep doing this over and over. That's how the Saints have kind of remained solvent year after year after year. But, but they just keep restructuring everyone right when they get to the point where it's going to get really bad. And then they, they keep going because 
oh, we'll just keep this window open for a couple more years, right? So Tyler, Tyler making less money or getting traded. Now, here's my question for you guys. Tyler Lockett, what do you, Seahawks need draft picks bad. Tyler Lockett has probably as much or more value than almost anyone on the team. Do you think there's, what do you think is more likely that we restructure and extend Tyler or trade Tyler? I, I don't see a world where we get rid of Tyler Lockett and that one makes Russell Wilson super happy Two improves the team so much that we open the championship window. Uh, please correct me if you, if you guys want to go the other way there. So the thing about it is there's a pretty deep free agent wide receiver class. There's a lot of questions about how, how Tyler Lockett fits in the system, but I don't know. The thing is, Tyler Lockett's a good enough receiver, and his rapport with Russ is good enough, where I think if your system doesn't completely fit Tyler Lockett, if you're a good coach, it's the system that adapts a little bit, not Tyler Lockett. So I have a question, Kevin. I've watched a lot of Rams offense lately, especially passing game, because that's what Shane Waldron was heavily involved in. I'm sure you have too. Um, And I'm a little concerned with Tyler Lockett's fit, as most I think a lot of people are. You seem less concerned than most, and I just wanted to dig into that a little bit. Why are you less concerned than than most uh, like uh, pundits? Um, I think it's because there's well, there's a lot of roles in an in that offense for a wide receiver, and I think that he fits into a few of them. So when it comes to the routes that they want you to run, I think he's actually a really good fit for the types of routes they run. So the question is about kind of the blocking and some of those things, right? Yeah, they want the wider. I mean, I watch after watching a lot of Rams wide receivers block a lot in this system, a, a lot, a lot, which is going to be great for DK. Oh my goodness, because he's got that offensive line DNA. His dad is an offensive lineman. He does hand fighting stuff mm-hmm. in the, in the off season. Like he is going to be messing people up this season because they ask wide receivers to block a lot, and it, he he's going to be incredible. I think the ceiling. We we the last I'm not, uh, I can I can talk guys I swear we'll uh, DK there. DK Metcalf last year I said you know he was good but I don't feel like he made the huge leap like other people do I think he was really good his rookie year and really good his second year but I think next year could be the leap like where he goes from being really good to being bona fide actual Julio Jones level tapping into all of his talent because this offense really works for DK whereas Tyler like you said there's lots of roles he could play but. I just don't see him well, as like that that like awesome wide receiver blocker that we're gonna want him to be, and so it is. It's a little bit limiting, especially at fifteen million. That's kind of the the part where I start to run into like, hmm, maybe I don't know. Maybe we do uh, trade him and move on, you know, kind of thing. And the thing is, I know Lockett's only about five ten, but when you look at the tape and you look at like what Robert Woods is asked to do, Lockett has been able to block at a pretty similar level level to what I've seen Woods do on tape. You know, I it's I, I think I think people are dismissing based on purely on Lockett's size what he's capable of, and it's not that he's going to be a plus blocker or anything, but he's serviceable, and serviceable is all you need if he's mostly going to be doing routes and the uh, you know the jet action running routes or actually being the one who gets the ball on a jet sweep, which is something that he's done throughout his career a few times. Yeah. Him on the jet sweep. I'm not worried about the jet sweeps will be. It's will purely be the run blocking, right? That, that's mm-hmm. the big thing. Yeah. And or I mean, the crack, those crack back or not crack back. Cause you can't do those anymore, but those like, uh, and it, like and back I mean, towards the play blocks on those passing plays. 
comparing him to Robert Woods, I think is a little unfair just because yes, Robert Woods last year, maybe, but Robert Woods has like put up pretty consistently really good blocking numbers on for his PFF grades and stuff. Whereas Tyler's like at 55 every single year. Um, so like the Tyler is, yeah, he's average, you know, he's, he's okay, he, he's, but he's not a, Robert Woods is what has been a plus blocker in the past. And yeah, it's, it's, I'm just worried that like, if he turns into like, Hey, he just runs the jet sweep action on every single play. I'm not into that. I don't. Well, cause that ruins the deception of the, right. like all the whole thing with that Rams offense is every snap looks like the exact same play until right. the ball pops up in someone's hands. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, for me personally, like if you're making me choose, so it sounds like you guys are both on keep Tyler, right? I'd rather uh, extend keep him. Keep an extent. And you're on keep an extent. I'm trading him. I think Tyler Lockett is the, the, the player that makes the most sense out of all of these guys to, to, uh, to, to trade and, and use that one. We need to recoup draft assets, whether that's a, for Tyler Lockett, you know, you could probably get like a late first or a, a second round pick plus another pick plus another really late pick. We need to recoup draft capital from the Jamal Adams trade. He, it saves a lot of cap 12.7 million goes a long way in this market. And that you can extend him, extend him is a very viable option. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's a coaching thing that that's the difference between Robert Woods and Tyler Lockett's blocking, right? Like they bring in the coaching and they, they're like, oh yeah, he can block. We just got to show him a few techniques, right? I, I don't, don't see him becoming a, this great blocker though. I really don't. Yeah, it's, I think part of it's also, he's mostly used to run off a block. Yes. If you look at the way he's been utilized in our offense. Yeah. He's really so great, but he's really small. Uh, like, I don't want to call it's, it's, Tyler Lockett you, soft, but he's not that player, you know? Yeah, you're right, Kevin. It's really hard to know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it could just be like a small technique thing they need to to get in there in the in the lab and show him. For me, it's just there's very few guys on our roster I do feel like we could trade for a, a, a really good draft pick, and Tyler is one of them. You know, Tyler is legitimately a very good NFL wide receiver worthy of, you know, uh, a, at least a second round pick. And that's not something that I see on our roster as like, Hey, here's a, you know, unless we're trading Jamal Adams or something, right? Like it's something stupid, <laughs> which maybe some people would think it's smart to trade Jamal Adams. I've heard that, that out there, but that's uh that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, I disagree. We wouldn't get back what we gave up and I just don't see a point in doing that. The other thing though, like, so if we deal lock it, then we're probably going to have to spend a pick within the first two rounds replacing him. Or, spend if in free agency uh the thing the thing is i do think that we could get a player of you know a, a better scheme fit of nearly equal talent for for the similar amount of money that's part of the reason i'm okay with um uh so who's that guy trading him okay give me give me like talk about talk about, talk about something for like five seconds so i can look at the list again <laughs> so i mean there's uh, a lot of time i need to open that spread Godwin, i need to open that Alan robinson we're Kenny not getting Galladay. those guys i would okay alan robinson let me just say though if we could get alan robinson somehow yes yeah that, i just that, think that, he wants like 25 so we're gonna that's be dropping a little lower down that's cooking with gas if you can get alan robinson that is basically the best person you could possibly get so but it's I, probably look at like what curtis samuel ty hilton I think yes. T.Y. Hilton is a good one, but I don't think T.Y. Hilton's a great fit. I would, I'd be super into Curtis Samuel just from like a personal or Marvin Jones. I think he's a great scheme fit. Sammy Watkins would be a good one. Kenny Galladay is going to come. Someone who I think is criminally under. Doesn't stay healthy. Yeah, but oh man, there's like a. 
the thing about Sammy Watkins is, is he's okay accepting a lesser role. He's like fine with like, yeah, I get 800 yards. I block really good. I, uh, I know DK's the man, you know, Tyreek's the man, you know, he, he's fine with being the second best guy on the team or that he doesn't need the spotlight to be successful. Sammy right? Watkins favorite thing is winning. Yeah, he wants he he seems like he lots of wide receivers are kind of divas. And that's another thing I appreciate about Allen Robinson is he's been on some garbage teams and I've never heard him be like people be like, oh, Allen Robinson's kind of, you know what I mean? He never complains or anything. He's just do he's just out there doing it, you know, whereas like Juju Smith Schuster's a free agent this year and I'm not not going there dancing on the logo guy. Not not trying to be like old man <laughs> yells at cloud here, but like he you, Stop giving the other teams reasons to want to beat you. Here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh wide receivers at this point, <laughs> a, little, a little scary. Like, yeah. you know, we have uh, Mortavis Bryant. We have, you know, uh, like, Clown like Robert, Robert Woods is a good example of this, Kevin, where like Robert Woods before he came to the Rams was not like the guy, right? And yeah. one of these guys farther down the list, Mar- uh, maybe not Marvin Jones, but like, Rashad Perryman, Rashad Higgins, Keelan Cole. Like these guys could be really good if they're a nice system fit. And I would have to watch more tape of these individual guys to kind of know that. But do you know who does know that? Shane Waldron and, and Russell Wilson, Pete yeah, Carroll, Schneider. Is an interesting one to go with because I think for this type of offense, Curtis Samuel is a really good scheme fit. He's a, a good runner. Guy. Yeah. The thing about Curtis Samuel, the problem I have with him is he's one of those guys that's like, you got to figure out interesting ways to get the ball in his hands because he's uh he's not creating like a like a ton of uh, separations. Yeah. And so like you got to be like, OK, we're, but, you know, in an offense where you run jet sweep and you run, you try to run to soft spots in a zone like he's probably going to be great. He's another guy where his blocking over he's, his career doesn't look great. No, he's small. I, I Yeah. Curtis Samuel, probably not perfect. Curtis Samuel would be like getting a cheaper Tyler. Which maybe that's actually what you want to do is just get cheaper, similar. I don't know. But Tyler is cheaper, Tyler. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I think Curtis Samuel could be pretty cheap this offseason, though. I could see him going for seven and a half a year or something like that. Okay, so that's that's Tyler. That's one way to create cap. Carlos Dunlap. Okay, there's no way Carlos Dunlap plays NFL football for the Seattle Seahawks next year for $14 million. It's a thing that's not happening. Okay, the production was not at that level um, over the course of last year. He's pr- getting up there in age. Maybe he thinks he can command $14 million on the open market, but I doubt it. So for me, uh, Carlos Dunlap is another one where you could extend or cut, probably not trade. So would you rather uh, extend Carlos Dunlap or just just send him, send him to hit the bricks? Let's let's go. Let's revisit this uh, this glorious conversation that we've had before, part of what before. Think, but, uh, what are you thinking? Here's the thing. So... We, we did this fun thing where we were, you know, trying to make our team for next year, which according to this podcast uh, and your thoughts, Nathan, which I think are, are probably spot on. Russell Wilson does not like my plan for 2021. <laughs> we're not doing that, apparently. No. What you want. No. And that's yeah, uh, all all good. All good. Uh, that's why they don't put me in charge. Uh, I, I don't see how we can win getting. Let's just say we trade Tyler Lockett and extend Carlos Dunlap. We're still in the same position. I don't know where this money is going to come from. I, I, I think Carlos Dunlap has an immense value to this team. But what are you? Are you hoping to get two years and backload it? Can you do that? Right. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna change Carlos Dunlap into like 
yeah, like 324 with some guarantees, something okay. like that. That's the kind of deal where you, you're you're extending Carlos Dunlap down to like eight million a year, which is great for this year, next year's cap, right? You're clearing six, seven million dollars of cap room up, and then you're saying, okay, we're going to give you you're freeing you know, up an you're freeing up an entire Melvin Ingram worth of money by doing right. this. Yes, right, and then you and then you can go get you know a Melvin Ingram or an Alden Smith or a Tack McKinley. Or, Romeo Quara, just a guy that like can come in and be part of the rotation and push these young players that we do have coming along on the edge, right? Alton Robinson seems to be a, a emerging rotation player, and hopefully Darrell Taylor can play NFL football for the Seahawks. You know that I'm not convinced that that will, that will be a thing right now, but but that you know you want to work in that direction, right? So yeah, that's that's a you know you, we do need defensive ends to to kind of come in and be part of the rotation and extending him can create that room. Now, if you cut him all together, you can kind of try to shoot the moon here and go for one of these top level guys. You know, try to get like a uh, like a Melvin Ingram or a Yannick Ngakwe or something like that. The guy that we tried to get last year, but, but you wouldn't not, have to give up a draft pick. For but him. you don't have to give him a draft pick anymore, exactly. And he did not play great last year, so I could see his price being much lower than it was last year. Like you could probably get Yannick for close to that fourteen million dollar number that we're paying Carlos Dunlap hmm. this year. So you could go that direction as well. Um, lots of options if if you do it. But I will say this: Carlos Dunlap will not play. If I would be stunned if Carlos Dunlap played NFL football for the Seattle Seahawks for fourteen million dollars next year. So yeah, that would be uh, that would be stunning to me. Especially right, we since can, we can cut them and get all that money. Yeah, right. There's no there's no dead cap number attached to it at all. Jaron Reed. Jaron Reed is another option for the Seattle Seahawks to create cap room. We can cut him to create $9 million in cap room. We also can restructure, try to extend him. He's due $14 million to play football next year, 13.975. That's and not If there's happening. one thing we know about Jaron Reed, what is it that we know about Jaron Reed? This is the problem with restructuring uh, Jaron Reed, is that Jaron Reed thinks Jaron Reed is the best defensive tackle in the league. Um, even if, even if it's not the case, um, but Jaron Reed thinks he should be paid like a top 10. NFL His stomach hurts tackle. from all this pride he swallows. He's so uh, humble. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think Jaron Reed's actual number should be like eight, nine, something like that? I was about to say somewhere South of 10. Yes. Somewhere in the eight to 10 region seems about right. And he's yeah, a so, guy who, which, Hey, that's what I thought he was worth last off season. Well, and that's, this is a guy who's already been suspended once. I don't know where you guys fall on this, but I always think if you've been suspended once, chances are you're going to get suspended again. And that makes me super nervous. I think I they love Jaron Reed. Like this team loves Jaron Reed. He's just a, he just does a lot for them in terms of like he can, he's a Swiss army knife. He can do whatever they need him to kid, do. Coach's son. He can do whatever they need him to do though. <laughs> right? Like there's not one job on that defensive line that Jaron Reed cannot fill in a pinch. And so because of he that, I way too many edge snaps this season, but you're a hundred percent right. But I mean, he, he needed to do that because edge was like a just dumpster fire for a big part of this season. And so for me, like I can't imagine they don't try to get him back, but he is a clear cut candidate. If he's not willing to take some kind of extension restructure, yeah. uh, Jaron Reed is $9 million back. Uh, basically, Gives him just so much flexibility. Uh, Dwayne Brown could be another extension candidate. Um, he's only due two million dollars of the thirteen and a half that he's due uh, is guaranteed, so you can get a lot of eleven and a half back from him. Uh, Dwayne Brown is old though. That's <laughs> yes, part he of the is. problem. He's thirty six years old, and it's just and and honestly, for him, thirteen and a half is kind of a value. Would you guys agree with that? Like he, yeah, he's for a good left tackle. For yeah. a good left tackle, thirteen and a half is kind of like. 
that's cash. Like it's, I, it's, it's also not a position to, where people are just available. You know, it's going to be hard to get Dwayne Brown to take a pay cut and then and not include a boatload of guarantees for a player that is thirty six years old. Yeah, I was about to say like you you basically have to do like a three year, uh, contract. So like a two year extension, and basically Back. fully guarantee next year, yeah. and then like. Back give them like a pretty yeah give them pretty pretty uh significant think, money like yeah that, i think guarantees i think that what you do is yeah you structure it like you know 25 million guaranteed but then that means that means that his his guaranteed cap number in three years would be like eight million dollars that's brutal <laughs> that's brutal for a 39 year old left tackle i don't know what you can do Dwayne brown is a tricky one that's one i'll leave to the experts but that he is a player who we can save money by by working with his deal so it's kind of tough but like I like we said, like he's he played better than twelve and he made twelve point seven five million last year. He played significantly better than that. Maybe Russ um, is yeah. like all in next year. I don't care. Figure out the money. Figure out two years money problems in two years. Yeah, Maul Adams is another guy we can save a little bit by getting his extension done because this year he's due to make almost ten million dollars. I could see that number coming down as long as the guarantees are good. You know, get a rip up the deal kind of thing. Say, hey, you're gonna make eight this year, and then you know, which 16, that is a very Seahawks thing to do. Sixteen the next couple of years, save a couple million there. Um, that's basically it. There's no other guys that are strong restructure candidates unless Bobby Wagner wants to lower his guarantees, which I doubt. <laughs> Russell. Couldn't we restructure uh, Bobby by converting it into um, guaranteed money? Um, so you could. You could convert some of his salary into guaranteed salary. He's already due quite a bit of money next the next uh, two years, 17 in 2021 and 20 in 2022. So here's the thing is I think a lot of these deals were made in the assumption that we were going to live in a world where the cap keeps going up. Because up until last year, yes. that that is what has happened. The NFL was making crazy money. The cap kept going up. Now we live in a world where the cap is going down. And it's not just going down a little bit. It's going down quite a lot. And because of that, some of these deals that might have been fine before, like paying Bobby Wagner $17 million in a world where the salary cap is $220 million, is that's not a big deal at all. You know, it's it's a lot, but it's not like, it's not absurd. Paying him seventeen million in a world where the cap is one hundred and seventy million is a that's a that's tough. That's you're starting to flirt with ten percent of the cap to one guy, and it, it's not. Yeah, it's it's getting you're starting to get into a tougher thing. Great things about the Seahawks roster construction: we only have one million in dead money for BJ Finney last year. That's it. So we can recoup a lot of money if we're smart. You know, if we if we make good moves, if we restructure guys, uh, we can make room. The big That's, problem is Russ's cap number is huge, thirty-two million. That's which a, we can restructure some on Russ too, can't we? To convert some of it into guarantees. Um. Yes, but like like before, I mean, it only goes up from here, thirty-seven, and then thirty-nine. One thing we could do with Russ is work an extension and try to try to lower the cap numbers that way. But oh, I, I don't I, know if he's going to extension if he's so unhappy. Well, it depends. If we're going, hey, let me sign you to this extension, and we'll happen to do it at the same table that Brandon Scherf is signing this completely right. unrelated contract we're, at. We're sitting at this table with Allen Robinson. He needs $18 million to be a Seattle Seahawks, so you're going to restructure to this deal, right? And he signs it, and then here comes Allen Robinson with his pen, and he signs it. Because like, we bring Brandon Scherf <laughs> in to play left guard, and like I think Russ is very happy. 
You know, yeah, instead of uh, remember, Tom Brady would always take less money because he was married to Giselle. Russ is married he, to Sierra. Let's, I, let's I did, make this I did say he that I think once success. <laughs> yeah, he, I was gonna say he needs to make Sierra have as much money as Giselle because there's a there's a gap there. It's pretty large, but but uh, like five hundred million large. But the the um Brandon, the thing about the the Seahawks here in this situation, you're right, Kevin, uh, is that. It, one way to do it is to say, we'll extend you. We'll save a little bit of money here. We'll move your money around. You're still going to make all your money, right? But we'll move the contract around a little bit. And in exchange, you're going to influence our personnel decisions more, right? Mm-hmm. We're bringing you We're bringing you up to that level where, okay, who, who, what guard do you want? Do you want Brandon Scherf? You want Joe Thune? Like, okay, we'll sign Joe Thune. That's, that's, we'll go get him for, you know, 440 and uh, make it happen. You know, we'll do, we'll do that. We'll make that work for you. Yeah, basically so, show him where his dollars are going. Yeah. Here, here's you. We want Corey Lindsley. Like he is the second best center in the league. All right, let's go get you Corey Lindsley. Like, let's make it happen. We want to win, you know, and that's, that's, and you know, Corey Lindsley would be a pretty significant upgrade. You go get him yes. in place of Posich and you're talking about doubling the salary for the spot, but centers just don't make that much money. And that would be a significant upgrade on the offensive line. Well, yeah, I think a, the offensive line is, uh, that's the other thing that Russ was complaining about. I'm really getting sick of getting hit all the time. Me too, Russ. Like this is, is that something where we can not worry about the, the, uh, the receiver portion of it and we can just make it so he can actually sit in the pocket and do his work. Not that I think that's really going to solve the problems, but we'll make Russ happy. I actually think improving the the Ram style improve improving of the run game. I hate being that guy because I know people want to hear me say uh, pass, pass, pass. Don't don't run. Uh, <laughs> running doesn't win football games. But where the improving the run game actually will help a lot. It will help Russ get, not get hit more. It uh, having a deceptive run game like the Rams have, running those stretch zone plays. Uh, these uh, and why will it? The boot, the boot action stuff that they do, man, he's not going to get killed on those boot action plays. He, he's going to be able to either run out of bounds or just throw it out of bounds. Like it's, those are easy decisions for him. It's and it's because nobody's, yeah, they're not going to be able to just send guys um, straight at us and and expect it's it's a different offense. It's going to if the offense looks the same as it has the last few years, or maybe I'll eat crow on this, but it just it has to look different under Shane Waldron. They there's no way he comes up here for his first head coaching opportunity to run that boring Pete Carroll pro style offense, yeah. right? Like he came, he came up here to, to put his mark and yeah, I, I truly believe that. So you guys yeah. got anything, uh, anything else? Uh, it feels like the franchise is at a crossroads. Do you got, what do you, how do you guys feel about that crossroads yeah. that we're at? Is it, yeah, are you are right. optimistic, pessimistic? Are you yeah, optimistic about the window for a while now? And, how big the window is and seeing quarterbacks playing later into their career and knowing what Russ's skill set looks like, you know, I, I think you can pretty easily see another four or five years in this window. I think Pete can see that too. Otherwise he probably wouldn't have signed the extension. Um, I don't think Pete wants to coach losing football like that. There's a lot to say about that being part of why he left USC when he did, because with the sanctions that have now been shown to be rather uh let's say overzealous by the NCAA. Uh, he didn't want to be coaching a losing football team because, you know, it was one of those been there, done that things. And so I, I'm a fan of the idea that we're trying to pry open another four to five year window with a franchise quarterback, unlike something we've had before. And I'm optimistic because I mean, that's why I like sports. 
Like, why do I want to? Like, uh, what am I a, a Philly fan? I uh, yeah, I, I like throwing like batteries at people. Time. Sports masochist. You, you like the beating? Yeah, no, I'm not in there for that. Uh, what what um, <laughs> one thing to remember is Russ is 33. You know, I think a lot of people think because he started late, and so he's older than you would expect. And uh, you know, it's just he. I understand the kind of the the pressure he feels on himself, right? To to start to cement his legacy and to start a second Super Bowl run because right now, I mean, he's a he's a Hall of Famer likely, but he's he's not thought of as one of the all time greats, and I think he wants to try to take a run at that, right? And for him to do that, he needs to win one or two more Super Bowls and probably an MVP, and so that's why. Uh, maybe what maybe he maybe he threw a little gas on the let rest cook fire last year <laughs> all that stuff but but um really what he needs to do to win an mvp what Russ needs to do is he needs to lead the team to like a 15 14 15 win season right I mean, cam newton won the mvp because the because the carolina panthers went 15 and one and he was really good that season but the 15 and one record was definitely a big factor so yeah uh i'm because i'm a football fan and because i'm a sports fan and i like to feel optimistic I'm feeling a little pessimistic. If we're at a crossroads and it can go 50-50 one way, I'm a little down. And I think that's just because this year held such promise. Every year I'm sitting here saying, you know what? We just don't have it this year. What are we going to do? But last year was like, wow, 2020 is a weird year. This is the perfect year for us to sneak in and get it. Our offense looks so good. Everything fell apart. I've been saying all year that Russ is getting older. Russ is getting slower. He's not a spring chicken. All the little the kitschy comments I can say. But this is at the point where at 33, it, at 35, 36, if he, hasn't, if he doesn't come close to another Super Bowl, he's gone. And that's probably on us and on the whole, like, I'm entering the twilight of my career. Get me somewhere else. And that's really sad to think about. So, yeah, I'm feeling like, what do we do? What do we, they better fix it soon. And I don't know how to easily do that. Stuff. There's some good, there's some good offensive linemen on the, on the free agent market this year too, which is, I think why he's, he's pointing like Taylor Moten, Trent Williams. Like there's, there's some really good Brandon Scherf, some top end talent in this, in this offensive line market. So it's a good market for him to press us on. All right. Well, Anyway, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest <laughs> podcast. The best way to do so, head over to only12s.com. Click anywhere on the screen. It'll take you to our Patreon. Uh, you can join Lucas, Greta, Ryan, Cooper, James, Brett, Carrie, Tom, Sam, Brandon, Nick, Thomas, Charles, Foles, EB, Emmanuel, Jay, Warwolf, Bob, Richard, Kieran, Mike, Phloctimus, Keith, and Michelle as active patrons. Also, join us in the Discord. I'm going to do a couple more giveaways in the coming weeks. Uh, keep an eye out for that. I'll try to at everyone so you'll know. Uh, congratulations to our last winner of the Seahawks Slate Greatest Plays Coasters. Did you guys see those coasters? No. Pretty, pretty cool. Kevin said, I want to try to win these. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. They're like these coasters and they had like four of the really good plays in Seahawks history you know the they had the kickoff return by Percy Harvin the beast quake um, a couple other ones tip, I mean I don't know if the tip was on there or not uh, I think they were all offensive plays maybe that was um, my was like why is the tip on there <laughs> yeah I think that I don't think there was a defensive play on there that'd be cool to have a defensive play like that so um, yeah but there's their neat and then you know we just give away basically what I do is I go on Etsy and search Seahawks and if I see something cool then I give it I give it away. So, so uh, that's great strategy for, for life in general. All right. Um, 
movie club today. Uh, people are getting excited, boys. People, are, oh yeah, give us a review, five star review on iTunes. People are getting excited, boys. <laughs> they are excited for uh, the Josh or not Josh Zach Snyder cut of the Justice League coming soon. It's coming. It's rated R. It's going to be so great. The Snyder cut is here, boys. It's coming. How long do we have to wait more for Snyder cut? It's 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 coming up, right? See, when I thought it was a cut that already existed, and now I'm realizing no. that he's that was what they originally claimed. Yeah, now like thirty million dollars worth of shoots later. Yeah, it they, appears as though they basically had to reshoot half a movie. They spent $70 million making the Zack Snyder cut. So I'm guessing that, no, it was not even close to I done. Made so many actually good movies for $70 March 18th, 2021 <laughs> is the release date for the hard R-rated Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, so what we're going to do is we're going to review the original Justice League. Maybe talk a little, a little bit about the DCEU, but uh, Eric... You're a resident comic expert. Nerd. Yes. So, so what what did you think about the Justice League? Or as I call it, the Mevengers? It was it was it was meh. I didn't like it. I as as the uh the comic nerd and the DC fan, I mean I like Marvel okay, but the Marvel movies are uh, as Kevin would say, they're doing a thing. Like everything has to be funny. And there's some real gems in there, but there's also some real kind of crummy movies in there other movies like thor 3 you guys love and it seems like a lot of people love not for me but i respect it uh justice league it's a movie that didn't know what it wanted to do because it tried to be funny you know and little things kind of uh you know bringing joss whedon in tried to be banter t- they tried to do the yeah, banter they, like yeah, the avengers that's the best line they tried to do the banter uh they also they tried to make it too gritty but things like Superman aren't really gritty. Wonder Woman can be gritty, but there's so much hope in the character. I, I don't understand what they were doing. A uh, lot of lot of nerd fans love Ben Affleck. I don't want an old Batman. I'm sick of old Batman. Like the all the Batmans we Batmans is I'll say the Batmans that we've had are over the age of thirty. The Robert Pattinson movie that's coming out. This is a young Batman. I'm super excited for that movie because of it. Uh, uh, Fat Pattinson Batman is was, Pattinson is over thirty though. Yeah, you know, but like, his kid, the character he's playing, at least he looks it, younger. It, it, it's, it so looks like a vampire. It, it looks like a late. <laughs> it looks like a late twenties Batman for sure. That's the vibe they're going for. Yeah, like, this is Batman like when he gets his uh, his wings, so to speak. But it, uh, I see what you did. But this yeah. Bat, Batfleck is you know twenty years in Gotham, and Gotham is just on the other side of Metropolis. Like I don't I don't know what they were doing. Um, so it does feel like they tried to take like the grittiness, uh, the 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 Batman versus Superman ness of it, and then like staple Avengers over the top of it. Yes, it's it, like because like the person be- who did the one and the person who did the other. <laughs> right, because like jo- because like the the tone of this movie is all over the place. Like that's my biggest I problem with it. Is all over the place. And Flash Kevin, is Spider Man. Kevin, you're our technical movie guy. So what what did you notice when you watched the Justice League? Okay, so one quick thing before I get into that. I also uh, I hated the way they had to do the character introductory montage. And like they made the Flash the annoying child psychic character. Yeah. That they did. That was That was, that was such a that, that was a thing that happened. Um so from a technical aspect, uh, instead of establishing like grit with something like I don't know, good dialogue or, <laughs> you know, something writing. that they could use something that makes sense instead. Like they, they captured grit with like a darker color palette 
and basically they just like inverted Wes Anderson and we're like, well, grit's the opposite of whimsy, right? <laughs> and then we ended up with Justice League. I, I will say the, the biggest point I have on my review of Justice League, this is the only movie that Carrie's ever apologized to me for taking us to. Oh, wow. That's we went big. to the theater and we're going to see a different movie. And she's like, I don't know. I don't really like. And it was like, you know, it, it was kind of a thinky movie. And she was like, I had a long week at work. I don't really know if I want to use my brain. Can we just watch a dumb superhero movie? And I'm like, this movie looks like it's going to suck on ice. <laughs> you and said, I don't like, know if it gets much dumber. And she was like, really? I looked, it didn't look that bad. And I'm like, it's this is going to be awful. But whatever. Anyway, we'll go. And so we went and we were walking out and she's like, you were right. That was really bad. And I'm sorry. Okay. Let's try to guess what movie Kevin was seeing in, in uh, November, mid November, 2017. You were going to go see three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Nope. I'd already seen it. Uh, um, that was a big on Kevin's list. If you're lady bird. Uh, yeah, that was the one we were going to see instead. So not a huge loss there. That's the thing, Ooh, Kevin. It's lady not for bird you. Is- not for you. <laughs> I thought lady bird was a slightly was, above okay. average movie. Yeah. It was, it's, fine. Uh, it's very overrated for for how uh, how good I thought it was, but it was enjoyable. I mean, the great acting performance by Laurie Metcalf. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, that's where I'll leave it. Uh, I'll, um, say- <laughs> I'll say this and about she- Justice League: is a lot of superhero movies are doing this thing where they used to have, you know, Batman '89 uh, had the Joker, and Superman had Lex Luthor. Right, right now they're doing this thing in superhero movies where they're taking the B-level villain and to introduce the character, and then the sequel has the bigger villains. Iron Man did this. Uh, Captain America had the Red Skull, but uh, Captain Marvel did this. There's a lot of Black Panther did this. Uh, Justice League did this, but Avengers, you'll notice, Avengers went A, top tier, best villain, biggest Marvel Universe villain for the biggest threat. And Justice League was like, we're going to give the Justice League a threat, the right-hand man of the biggest threat. And people were like, what? Like, Steppenwolf's the villain? Who? And they're like, band? Who is this clown? Steppenwolf is a good band. Yes. Don't make fun of Steppenwolf. Great band, terrible villain. It's like uh, a gift that Canada gave to America was was Steppenwolf, okay? (laughs) Um, Although, I I went to the... Wait, the I went. Battle just looked like somebody rehashed the second Avengers movie too. I uh, I went to the Wikipedia page for Steppenwolf, and uh, the past members section of Steppenwolf is a. Uh, <laughs> it'll make your bones hurt, dude. It's like there's like thirty five names on it. Like, <laughs> a lot of a lot of people have been in Steppenwolf. That's all I'm uh-huh. trying to say. Well, and um, only one of them has been in Justice League, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, I do think you're right, Eric. Uh, having Steppenwolf be the primary villain, which is apparently a problem the Snyder Cut is going to fix. Apparently, apparently that they spent seventy million dollars on Darkseid. That's that's like that's my uh, opinion on that. Uh, so, which I mean, that's cool. I don't know who's playing Darkseid besides a computer, but I just I don't care. I'm I'm kind of excited to see Jared J- Leto's big toe. J- well, Jared Leto is back as Joker, and I'm excited to what see. Yeah, I'm excited to see how much that's going to no, suck. No tattoos this time, though, because the way you show your damage is by tattooing it right on the middle of your forehead. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Oh, Joker, there were a lot of problems with it, and one of those problems was that it was Jared Leto, and they didn't fix that problem. So that it was 
much better. That, that it wasn't a My So Called Life remake. Is that is that what yeah. you were mad about? I, I don't know. Um, but the actor playing Darkseid is Ray Porter, which I don't really know anything about. It's Ray Porter, but I mean, it's it's basically a V. You're right, Eric. It's like a VA job. Like it's like a voice acting job. Yeah. So I'll Google Ray Porter's face to be like, oh, that's the voice I'm going to hear. So they they should have got Billy Crudup to do it instead of playing Barry Allen's father, which what a waste of you got Billy Crudup in your movie. Billy Crudup's like the best. He's the goat. And you just use him as you love Billy Crudup. He's 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 very good. He's so good at acting. He was amazing. Dr. Manhattan. Most underrated actor living period for me. Like I really think Billy Crudup is excellent in everything. And uh, I'm, I want, I want him more Billy Crudup. <laughs> Give me more, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, okay. So justice league, I haven't really said much about my opinion of this movie, but it's, it's not good. Um, I do not like it. Uh, I think that this review from letterbox sums it up by Demi and said, he said, ha ha ha. Okay. Okay. A two hour trailer is a fun gag, but where's the real movie? That's good. It really, it really just feels like it's like, um, it's like they do this like all getting the team together montage, and then they just have this like giant CGI clusterfuck at the end, and then that's that's the movie. Like, oh, man. it's just, I don't know. It was just like, okay, that's the that's movie. Some family Guy level writing. Hey, hey, you guys remember the Flash? You guys like the Flash, right? Hey, hey, you guys remember this? You guys like this, right? And and man, it is like. I would not. And that post credit scene where like Lex Luthor's rec- or Jesse Eisenberg's recluding Will Smith or whatever. It's like, <laughs> wait, it's, just, not, it's not Will Smith. It's not Will Smith. It's there's no, Joe there's Man- no cool jo- uh, rap. Joe Manganiello or whatever. It's, it's the other it's handsome the, face. It's Deathstroke or whatever. But I, I just made it because it was Justice League, you know, it's like, but anyway, like, yeah, they're, they're going to make like the anti Justice League. It's like, cool, man. But these movies are not. <laughs> I don't want any more of these. How about that? Like this mm-hmm. movie made me want less Justice League and like just make more Shazams and another Aquaman and uh, <clears throat> we'll call it we'll call it good. We'll call it good. Yeah, give Batman to someone else. They did that. Good job. Uh, I would have liked a Flash movie or a Cyborg movie, but apparently that's not the direction they're going. Justice Cyborg League is weird lazy, too. and this doesn't feel like it's fixing that. Yeah, it's it seems like the DCEU doesn't really have any direction, doesn't really understand what's going. Their original direction was to kind of put everything in Zack Snyder's hands, which I just want to say what a bad idea I think that is, Um, because I when you when I look at Zack Snyder's filmography, I don't think, hey, that's so awesome. This guy should get to make as many movies as he wants. I think there's one and a half good movies on this list. Why is Zack Snyder so so in charge of everything everything on the guardians of google movie now i will say i'm very excited about his next movie it's an of the dead movie okay so which is the only good Zack snyder movie in my opinion dawn of the dead it's it's an of the dead movie so i'm excited to see what he does and it stars dave batista and and uh and a bunch of other people but they're doing it's a zombie heist movie Zombie I mean, heist. I'm in because it's zombie heist. It's all I'm in because it's on Netflix, so I get to watch it for free. But well, that makes it really easy to be in. <laughs> no but yeah, so so I mean, but Zack Snyder, I just don't understand his vision of the of the universe is just so dark and like unsatisfying. Oh, like I'll like, say here, this, man: there's so many people that are excited for this in the nerd community, and I'm just like, what? People love Batfleck, and I just I don't get it. It's like the okay. perfect Batman suit, but he's too chubby. 
I often tell the story to kind of express my disdain for just Zack Snyder in general. So in Batman versus Superman, Don of just asked, he, he, uh, at the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where a reporter gets killed, right? Oh, gritty, gr- grim, dark. Right. And they don't, and then they, they just kind of go on with the movie. It's just like a part of the kind of the setup of the movie, right? In the credits, they show that there's an actor that played Jimmy Olsen and you have to like reel it back to figure out that it's the guy who got murdered in the opening scene, the unnamed reporter. Yeah. And it's like, that's his idea of an Easter egg is to kill your beloved side character in, in the beginning of the movie and laugh about it. That's, that's your, that's his idea of like, that's a funny Easter egg for the fans. That just shows a lack of understanding of comic book fans in general that I think is like very telling about why these movies keep failing. And like Watchmen, I'm going to use that as another example. I don't like that Watchmen movie very much because I think while it is a screen, very visual retelling of the movie, it misses the point of the comic entirely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And any changes they made to the movie were a disservice to the original. And so for me, like I, I just can't like that movie looks really good. It has really good acting. And I do think it's like a nice art piece, but it isn't, compared to the original it's garbage and so like for me it's it i don't know i settled on like a two and a half out of five or something but but like it's just that kind of stuff drives me nuts this guy doesn't this guy doesn't understand how to do anything other than visually give you exactly what was on the page but like the heart of something is more important and like if you want a good example of like finding the heart of something watch the watchman television show which understands like the heart of the watchman comic better and and like really presents that heart in an and it tells an interesting story. Whereas like the, the, the movie, the Snyder movie, I think is just like, anyway, people are going to yell at me for this in the discord. I'm already aware, but I, I just wanted to, I, I just think it's kind of a, a, a big, bigger problem with Zack Snyder. And it's why I'm I'll so go ahead unex- and take an extra step on this to back you up. Like I'm not saying Zack Snyder is this person, but Zack Snyder's directorial style reminds me of the guy who thinks that like, Walter White is a role model or that like, you know, he watches, uh, um, uh, you know, watches a uh, uh, fight club and comes away with like every message that it was trying to tell you is not good. Yes. It's a, it's the guy who like thinks that the Brad Pitt in fight club is really cool and he wants to be like him. Yes. yes. <laughs> great. Great. Actually, the directorial equivalent. One hundred percent perfect note to end this on. So for Kevin, for Eric, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks. <laughs>